live from wherever you happen to be, it's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. And now, here's your host, curator of the hall, Jamie Dew. Like a tasty, refreshing beverage, we are back to quench your Saturday Night Live Hall of Fame thirst. So please wipe your feet at the door. There's no need getting all that foot filth into the hallowed hall here in Toronto, Ontario. So there's that. This week on the program, I am joined by my friend Ryan McNeil to talk about Justin Timberlake. Yeah, it's going to be great. Ryan is a wealth of information. We have a pretty deep discussion on Mr. Timberlake. If you happen to have listened to the Prince episode, that was also Ryan McNeil. And that episode is about as fine a podcast episode as you're going to get here on the internet. Now, you might go to the dark web and find some podcasts that, you know, meet your standards. But on the internet, that episode, I'm telling you, gold. So let's take care of some housekeeping. Once a week, I am joined by a guest who is uh, either a journalist, a podcaster, or an SNL aficionado. And they bring along with them either a cast member, host, musical guest, or writer to add to the ballot of our SNL Hall of Fame. Once that ballot is full at 30 balloteers, we will open voting. That will happen on April 25th of this year. Voting will close on May 20th. So voting will be open for a few weeks from April 25th through to May 20th. From there, votes will be tabulated. Hearts will be broken Careers will be made, and we'll announce the first ever class of the SNL Hall of Fame. Holy shitballs. This is exciting. Speaking of exciting, John Mulaney is headed back to Studio 8H. If you are listening to this in real time, and that is news to you, then I don't know where you've been because it's really taken the internet by storm. Uh, He is going to uh, join the Five Timers Club, which for my money makes him an absolute shoe-in for the Hall of Fame. You know, the episode would have to tank very badly for his hosting credentials to be be smirched in any meaningful kind of way. I truly believe that this uh, man 
belongs in the SNL Hall of Fame and will be there at some point. I don't know when. He was nominated this year by Kirsten Turnbull, and you would be remiss if you did not go back and listen to that episode. It's a goodie. So check that out at snlhof.com. And there you can find all the nitty-gritty you need to about the SNL Hall of Fame. But to keep things in the now and to keep things moving along, why don't we jump into my conversation with Ryan McNeil, where we discuss in detail the career of superstar Justin Timberlake. But before that, let's kick things off with a great sketch from one of the many times JT hosted the show. Island, the new world is upon us. I can smell it in me nose. Just think of it, a chance to start a new life for our children. And our children's children. Why, someday I hope me great-great-grandson might own his own land. And I hope my great-great-grandson will be a learned doctor. Ah, uh, what about you, Cornelius Timberlake? What do you hope your great-great-grandson will be like? Well, I know he'll be very handsome. Oh! oh. And... He'll be a millionaire. A millionaire? From, from fur trapping? From coal? No, from popular songs. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of songs could make a man millions? I don't know. Maybe something like, Cry me a river. <laughs> so, he'll be a girl? No, that's a perfectly normal way for a man to sing. <laughs> and... He'll be world famous by the age of 16. All by 16? How? At a young age, he'll go to work with a band of boys. Like in a sweatshop. Sort of. Sort of like a sweatshop. Then I imagine he'll branch out on his own, growing more and more handsome every day. He'll strut up out in tiny vests, thin ties, and outdated hats. Oh, that will look dreadful. No, on him it will work. Okay. That will probably frustrate other men. Aye, it will. I actually dream of a day when my great-great-grandson will bring sexy back. Bring, bring sexy back? What? What does that mean? It'll be gone and he'll bring it back. <laughs> Where did it go? Just trust me, people will be on board. Okay? Well, it sounds like he'll have his pick of the ladies. Aye, indeed. I'd like to think that at first he'll date a popular female singer. Publicly, they'll claim to be virgins, but privately, he hid it. <laughs> then, 
then he'll make love with women so beautiful and so often that it won't be enough for him and he'll, I don't know, maybe try some stuff with guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, he'd be straight. But, uh, well, never mind, forget that part. Everything else will come true, but forget that part. Okay, fine, fine. His life is going to be a non-stop orgy of fame and money. He'll sing. He'll dance. He'll act. He'll even make surprise appearances on a Saturday night comedy show. <laughs> there will be great excitement. And then he'll appear again and again, many times a year. Won't that lessen the excitement, though, each no. time? No. <laughs> no. Right? It'll be good, right? <laughs> oh, it will be good. Who are you? My name is Moshe Samberg. <laughs> Your prediction has inspired me. Maybe someday my great-great-grandson will also make songs. Or oh, do you think he'll have a beautiful voice? Hey. <laughs> he'll have a voice, you know, a fine, workable voice. It'll be more about charisma with him. Oh. And maybe, in this new land of opportunity, our grandsons will collaborate. You know what, Jew? There it is. You're all right. <laughs> to the new world! Yeah! Has a history of true song and dance man. Um, and not to be gender specific with it, because there's a lot of women who do this song and dance thing very well. And it's gone away in large part. Now I'm talking about people who can sing, dance, and act on a very, very, very high level. Not somebody who just comes in and does a cameo or somebody who cuts a pretty good album. You know, somebody who does all of it outside of the Broadway community because that is where it is expected. You know, there's a lot of people within that realm of the performing arts who this is just where they live. I'm talking about somebody who you'd see on a magazine cover or somebody who you'd see on the couch at Fallon. Those kinds of performers. Um, Jennifer Lopez. Back in the day, somebody like... Fred Astaire, somebody like uh, Gene Kelly. Um, yes, yeah, somebody like uh, Gene Kelly. Somebody, you know, Frank Sinatra didn't dance too much, but somebody like Sinatra. Nowadays, you have a few. Um, J-Lo, still doing it quite well. Uh, but Justin Timberlake, in this century, has done it the best. And no small coincidence that it goes hand in glove with his time on SNL. Now, I need to cop to something right here and now, because when you asked me, choose a host to nominate for the Hall of Fame, he was my first, like the, the very first person who I thought of was, I was like, Timberlake. And I backed myself into a corner because Timberlake has been around the show so much over the last 20 years, 21 years, I guess now, but he's only hosted a handful of times. So there's a lot of his influence on the show and a lot of his uh, memorable bits on the show that go beyond his whatever it is, five or six times of hosting. So I've I've kind of pushed myself into this weird corner, but I'm going to try to navigate it as well as I can. I don't know. You know, when it comes to hosting, he's yeah, he's a five timer. And that's a we don't often talk about metrics here in the SNL Hall of Fame. But that's one we borrow from the show. And to be a five-timer is 
is quite, you know, an elite thing. And not only that, he he was a five-timer, but he was the musical host or the musical guest and the host on three of those occasions. Yeah. So he was doing double duty three times yeah. in, in his hosting. So I, I think you made a really, really solid pick. But I get what you're saying because he guested eight, eight or nine times on the show as well. I have this right down. Eight times on the show. The first time he ever showed up was as a guest on Britney Spears' first episode um, as musical guest and performer uh, and host. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. He's got – he's just always been there, Mm -hmm. and he shows up doing all these amazing things. Um, But but I'll take exception to your, you know, only a handful of times because that's that's quite a few – in the scheme of things, you only need to host twice to be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he is a five timer, and as you said, I think there's the two times that he was um, host and musical guest. I thought that was a rarity, but when I did a look into that, it's <laughs> SNL just loves to do that apparently because they've had more than forty acts that have hosted and and been the musical and guest. been the musical guest. Now they're not all great all, number. Yeah, great nugget. They're they're not all pearls. Okay, because like I mean, sure. The Rolling Stones were the host for a show. Frank right. Zappa was the host for a show. Justin Bieber That's right. was the host for a show. All these people are wonderful, but you know, like they're the cast is doing a lot of a lot of lifting in those episodes. They, I, I noticed <laughs> it's really dodgy when SNL brings in, um, really dodgy when they bring in an athlete, kind of dodgy when they bring in a politician. And kind of dodgy when they bring in a musician. Like this is really an ecosystem that wants you to be comfortable on stage, right? And not just giving an interview. They want you to be comfortable in that. So when it's somebody who, yeah, it's great that they're going to just drop them into the sketch and do their impressions and that kind of thing. Neat. But there's, you know, there, there's a <laughs> wide gulf of quality of a host between Frank Zappa and somebody like even like Chance the Rapper, who they've been doing that with lately, you know. Sure, you know those that, great example. Yeah, yeah. but um, Tim. Now, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to ask you when um, when you think of a host on Saturday Night Live, what are some specific criteria that you're looking for in a in a just in a just the host? Now that we've talked about host and musical guests, how about just host? I mean, in a word, the host has to be game. Uh, this is not a, 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 a this is not a role for anybody who is full of themselves. This is not a role for anybody who doesn't want to have fun. This is not a role for anybody who takes themselves very seriously, uh, because you are going to be doing everything from some really, really you know meta commentary on some on some things like they they. SNL, when, when it's really humming, that writing can get really sharp. So you might be doing some stuff like the day Beyonce was went black. Or <laughs> you might be doing something like just three straight minutes of spit takes. You know, and you have to be showing up and ready for both. And if there's one thing I got to give Timberlake above all else, besides the fact that he's really talented and... Now I count myself a fan. When he first started doing this, I didn't really give a shit. If you had gone back and told like 2002 me that I would like that I'd be having this conversation, I would have said you're full of shit. Uh, but here, <laughs> but here we are. Justin Timberlake 
never half-asses anything. You watch how he dances. You watch how he commits to a comedic bit. You watch even just how he can wear an absurd costume. And he's like, all right, this is what we're doing. I'm going to I'm gonna wear this and do my thing, and I'm going to make it funny. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Somebody that, somebody that can do all of that is going to make for a good show, whether everything's ticky-boo or not. Mm-hmm. And if there's somebody that has half the talent that Justin Timberlake has, um, you know, then they've, they've got a massive leg up yeah. right off the bat. Yeah. So, um, we, we've established what we're looking for in a host now, and we've established that he's in somewhat rarefied error, having hosted five times and been both musical guest and host three of those five times. Um, what are some memorable moments for you that took you from that 2002 Ryan, who was a non-believer, into somebody that would sit across from me and say this person should be immortalized for all time in the Saturday Night Live Hall of Fame? So there was one, it was one of the epic shows of this century um, of SNL was one of the, I was, it might've been the first time he was hosting um, where he did, it was the debut of Dick in a box. It was, he did his little bring it on down to homelessville sketch along with several others that were really funny. Um, and yeah, it was his second time, second time, his sex. So his second time hosting, he did Dick in a box. He did, yeah. you know, he's, he's dressed as a cup of soup in this, you know, dancing to to homelessville, this homeless cooperative that nobody has ever heard of, <laughs> uh, that he's basically there to drum up support for. And then he goes on and performs what goes, my love and what goes around comes around and just kills, you know, like, like that's the thing, like his, his music that night killed. He had some classic sketches. He had one, like one of the show's all time highlight moments all in the span of 90 minutes. That's, that's a, that's a pretty nice 90 minutes. It was an incredible night. It's, it's basically like watching a perfect game. Um, he, you know, and that was the thing. So that was that in that moment, like not only did it in that moment, was I like drawn into him as a host and, and as a comedian, because he was always kind of goofing around in the background. Like he buddied up with Fallon by this point. So they were always yeah. kind of chummy and doing their thing. And he was showing up and doing little, little, little bits here and there. Um, but that was the moment where he really threw himself into the silliness of it all and embraced it. And it was the moment where I became a really big fan of his music. What record is that on, Ryan? That is on Future Sex Love Sounds, which okay. which is an incredible record that has Sexy Back on it, and it has What Goes Around Comes Around on it. Has My Love. Uh, it's it, if people haven't heard this album, call it up right now and just you know have yourself a dance party because it's great, top to bottom. Um, the the weird thing about Timberlake too is that. At a, kind of around this point, his hosting and his doing double duty kind of became a thing. Like he was, he had a, he has a bit in season 34 where he shows up on Weekend Update to talk about how he wanted to do the Thanksgiving show, but he had a conflict. 
and he runs down what would have been the show in under four minutes. You know, he, he, he does little snippet, snippet, snippet. He, he alludes to Dick in a box. He alludes to the, the Barry Gibbs show. He sings little snippets of his songs. He's like, Oh, and and here's this player who's new and here's the black guy. That's, and he compounds a typical SNL episode rapid fire in under four minutes. And it's amazing. And by the time he did finally show back up to host and uh, musical guest again, he actually led off his monologue by saying, I really want to thank the inter- the internet for underplaying this whole thing. Because by that time, you know, everybody was going nuts saying, when is he going to, when is he going to host again? When is he going to host again? And well, it's been, it's, it, it had been, a, it's been a little while, right? Between since, I think, uh, <laughs> I think, oh no, I guess not. No, it's been he was two years. Every, two, year, every years. two years. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh Yeah. <laughs> What the hell? Well, now it's been a long time. Yeah. It's definitely been a long time. Now he was on last time he was on was March 9th, 2013. Um, no, sorry. December 21st, 2013. Uh, that was the last time that he was on. Holy shit. So he was on in the same calendar year. Yeah. He was hosting musical guest on March 9th, 2013. Yep. And he got to say live from New York. It's Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And again, he got to say that on the last time he hosted his five timer time on December 21st, 2013. Yep. Did you see the five timer monologue for that one? I, f- I, I would have, but it's, it's faded in my, in my brain now. Why is that? What I mean, it's a lot like, it's a lot like the typical five timer one where they bring yeah, in like some like of the I other five timers and, and, and yes, have, Martin short. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I do. Uh, those are fun. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Those, yeah. Those are fun. a lot of fun. Yeah. So what else can you tell me about why Justin Timberlake belongs in the SNL Hall of Fame? Well, so, you know, aside, like, again, where I was saying, like, it's difficult to separate out his his hosting duties from all of these guest spots that he does. Um, He does, you know, he's he's part of Lonely Island. So him and Sandberg, along with like Sandberg's normal crew, they trot out these songs, um, starting with uh, Lazy Sunday, in whatever season that was. And they suddenly... Season four. Yeah, season four. Sorry? Wait, no. No, season before. It was the season before. Oh, the season before. Okay. Yeah, so so he's kind of there right at the right time. Because Lazy Sunday comes around, and that becomes like one of the first YouTube viral hits. Like that yes. came out around the same time YouTube really started becoming a thing. And SNL found that beyond the let's put them all on a stage and do their thing, there is some merit in creating these little videos beforehand and packaging them up and putting them on because we can make them a little bit more slick. We can, you know, get a little bit more mileage out of everybody. You know, we'll give everybody who's on here, you know, three or four more minutes of a break because an episode of SNL is just controlled chaos. And the first one is Lazy Sunday. And, you, you know, you get a few more in that first season that were kind of like that. Like the Natalie Portman one is is kind of emblematic of that as well. Great. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. And then. Well, what really changed was like the equipment was de- de- democratized everything, right? They had, they had always done pre-tapes. Yeah. But suddenly you had a group of cast members and writers that were adept at using digital equipment that could throw things together in between doing live things. And that's why they were distinguished as digital shorts. The pre-tapes as um, well tended a lot, tended to be ads, you know, like you didn't have a whole, usually, you know, yeah, it wasn't, this totally was, right. yeah, this was kind of a new 
a new animal for them to do this kind of this kind of thing. So along comes Dick in a Box. Hey girl, I got something real important to give you. So just sit down and listen. Girl, you know we've been together such a long, long time. Such a long time. And now I'm ready to lay it on the line. Wow, you know it's Christmas and my heart is open wide. Gonna give you something so you know what's on my mind. A gift real special, so take off the towel. Take a look inside, it's my in a box. It's in a box. Not gonna get you a diamond ring. That sort of gift don't mean anything. Not gonna get you a fancy car. Girl, you gotta know you're my shining star. Not gonna get you a house in the hills. A girl like you needs something real. Something special, girl. It's my in a box. In a box, girl. It's my in a box. In a box, girl. See, I'm wise enough to know when a gift needs given. And I got just the one. Something to show you that you are second to none. To all the fellas out there with ladies to it's easy to do, just follow these steps. One. Cut a hole in a box. Two. Put your junk in that box. Make her open the box. And that's the way you do it. It's my in a box. My in a box, boy. It's my in a box. My in a box, girl. Christmas. In a box. In a box. In a box. Every single holiday, in a box. Over at your parents' house, in a box. Midday at the grocery store, in a box. Backstage at the CMA's, in a box. Yeah. Christmas gift of 2006 that nobody knew they wanted. And everybody got, <laughs> and it just becomes insane. I don't know if it beat Lazy Sunday in terms of views over time, but it certainly should have. And he and Sandberg have their friendship to go along with already his friendship with Fallon, and he just becomes family at that. Really, point, he does. You know, he's, he's really tight with those two, especially. Yeah, they trot him out two more times to to. You know, to do like sequels to Dick in a Box, he does Mother Lover, uh, and he does It's Not Gay in a Three Way. Um, golden Rule, the Golden Rule. <laughs> um, and they're all like, you know, while the, none of them were quite as catchy as that first one, they were all they all had that same "Let's just go for it" spirit. This is so dumb spirit um, that that the fir- that the first one had that they make. Just this really great little trilogy of songs. By the time, what I think, by the time they get to the third one, they're even talking about like you know it's time to complete the trilogy. Yes, what I think is interesting is by the time we get to the third one as well, it's clear that there's been somewhat of a shift 
toward the normal that we see now, mm-hmm. you know, from a, um, from a politically cracked or woke, you know, sort of, uh, uh, space, but they build that in because they develop these characters in such a way yeah. that we know it's the characters that are saying this and they're able to get away with so much more because we know these characters. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? It does. Cause I mean, the, the- watching it, watching it again, I was just like this, I don't know that they could do this now. They couldn't wrap up the trilogy now. Well, you know? not only could they not do the trilogy now, I don't know if they could necessarily do Dick in a Box now. <laughs> really and truly. Yeah, like, maybe not. You know, I, I'd like to point out how, how many times we haven't come that far as a society, but all the same, I'm reasonably sure that you could not trot that out as a sketch in 2021. I, I think that that would be as funny as that is. And like they, if they... If they missed by an inch, they would miss by a mile when it comes to Dick yeah. Box. You know, there was no let's room. Put that, let's put it that way. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Rewind that statement sure. just a little bit, Ryan. Yeah. Um, just we'll we'll deviate from that whole conversation sure. a little bit. The you know but, the, but I think the, the important thing to note is what you just said there at the end. Yeah. Which is like you miss that you're you're landing a you're landing a you're landing a massive size plane here. Yeah, you're 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 landing an F-19 on a basketball court. If you miss yeah. by an inch, you've missed by a mile. And they right. they got it bang on. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's they're, they're both talented songwriters. They're both talented performers. Um, Sandberg is um, also an Oscar nominee. Uh, Sandberg is an Oscar nominee with, with Lonely Island for um, Everything is Awesome, the song he wrote for the Lego movie, which I don't, right. I don't like that movie, but that's a great song. Um, yeah. These, you know, these, when you get some talented people together, they can come up with something that should not work by all measure, should not work. And yet it's like, we can hit this, you know, I I can hit this shot. I wonder if there are, I wonder if there are other hosts and I should know this having went through as many episodes as I did to put this show together. But if there are as many hosts that have as many reoccurring characters as he has because he's got is it randy is it randy gibb yeah <laughs> robin, randy gibb and robin gibb. robin gibb robin has, gibb right yeah he has robin gibb he has you know he has the dancer he has uh, he's got he's got a few uh that, that turn up over and over and over and plus even even if he doesn't have it there's sometimes where he just shows up because you know like there, there's right. there's time where it's like He'll play Boney Vare singing Beyonce's Baby to Sleep. Um, you know, which again, like, how late was the writer's room up thinking that one up? Uh, <laughs> and he ends up he ends up singing himself to sleep. That's that's the great payoff of that that impression. Um, the funny thing about Robin Gibb is I'm I'm glad you mentioned Robin Gibb. I had this um I had this equation backwards. I thought that Robin Gibb was kind of his uh, runway into the SNL family because of what his friendship with Fallon. And every time Fallon wanted to do the Barry Gibbs show, he would bring in Justin to play Robin. The reality is that Fallon only played Barry Gibb as a cast member one time. And then every other, and they did the Robin Gibb, they did the Barry Gibb talk show, I think six times. The other was fu- Jimmy Fallon doing a guest. Yeah. It's, you know, that that's the crazy thing that when you start with something that's a cast member and a guest and you keep on doing it, but the rest of the time, it's the guest bringing back the cast member to do their thing. Yeah. 
Wow, they did that six times. Yep. Not to mention the fact that the whole the whole gag, you know, I, I mentioned off the top of the segment that that Timberlake above anything else is game uh, to do any kind of absurd idea you throw at him. Robin Gibbs' whole shtick is just to sit there and mumble an approval while Barry just goes off half cocked about something. Yes. You know? What do you think of that, Robin? Fine. (laughs) Give me more to say, Robin? No. (laughs) And then he gets up and does his dance. Yeah. Just just quietly sitting there while Fallon loses his shit and not breaking. Are there any favorite musical performances that you have? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, um, I, I'm a, so I'm a nerd who still watches SNL for the music. Um, I'm a music fan and I, I still believe that getting taps to do SNL means something, uh, in your musical career. Don't get me wrong. They've tapped some terrible acts in their time, but I do think that it's a, you know, if it, it's, it's a blue check mark if you want to use what the kids say. Um, the f- he went on in that 2006 show and performed his songs off of uh, Future Sex, Love Sounds. Sexy Back was everywhere that summer. I'd heard Sexy Back a trillion times. And my love was really kind of cut out of that same cloth. He then sings this song called What Goes Around Comes Around, which has more in common with Crimea River, but felt more mature. It's still equally you know, bitter (laughs) and venomous. But as far as his songwriting was concerned and his performance was concerned and his execution was concerned, that was the moment where I was like, holy shit, this guy's really good. And it, and it's, it was a song that I, I, that was where I, that was where I, I became a fan, which is crazy because I'd already seen him live by this point. And this is where I started to care. Wow. Then did you see him live at SARS Fest? <laughs> I saw him live at SARS Fest. And uh, if your listeners do not know, this is a concert that happened in 2003 in Toronto in the aftermath of the SARS uh, epidemic kind of laying its ravage to our city's uh, hospitality economy and our city's um, medical facilities. The Rolling Stones decided to throw a benefit concert. Tickets were 20 bucks. 350,000 people showed up to this show in, in a, in an old air force base in the middle of the city. And the acts on the bill were the Rolling Stones, ACDC rush, the flaming lips. Uh, and in the middle of it all, and there, there were others. There was like Blue Rodeo was there that day. Sam Roberts, I think, opened the show. Kathleen Edwards was on the bill. It was a, uh, the Isley brothers were there. And in the middle of all this, Justin Timberlake, who is no longer with NSYNC at this time, who has not yet done Sexy Back at this time. And he was so far out of his element. Like he, (laughs) God bless him, he made the best of it. But the crowd that was there to see Rush and ACDC and the Rolling Stones were having none of it. That man got a lot of bottles thrown at him that day. And he still, he was a trooper. He went out there, he sang his numbers. He came back out and he'd sang, uh, miss you with the stones. And Keith Richards even yelled at some of the fans that tried to throw bottles at him again. I was there. I I was there. I was actually, I was, I was not too close to the stage, but when I looked at the aerial shot afterwards, I was pretty close. 
Um, <laughs> and I was just, you know, I stood and I listened and I nodded and I didn't boo. I didn't, I certainly didn't throw a bottle, but I was like, you know, good work, buddy. Thank Thanks for showing up. You know, you're, yeah. you're doing, you're, you're, you're doing a charity gig. Thanks for this. Yeah, absolutely. But later, you know, three years after that, I heard him and I'm like, he was one of the biggest acts in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not that long, you know, not that long after. No. And yeah, you're right. His rise to fame, you know, to take what you said right off the top is really concurrent with his rise to fame on the show. He shows up as the musical guest and host October 11th, 2003 in his first episode. I suspect, you know, it was given to him as you can't say giving somebody the host is the courtesy, but he was the musical guest and he had chops. So we'll let you be the host as well. But by the time he comes back the second time, it's like, no, 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 you know, you're in, you're a host. Like it all makes sense. And you've, you've had all these guest spots. It's not a fluke. His car- and that's why I get to come back the third, fourth, and fifth time. Yeah, his career rise over the beginning of this century, the, his career rise from 2000 to 2006 is, like, incredibly exponential. You know, it, it's – I I got to I gotta tip my hat to this guy because I did not think that he was going to have – him and his brethren of, of that, you know, early millennial pop movement – uh, of bands like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and 98 Degrees and the, the women were doing things, you know, Jessica Simpson, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, all of these acts. I'm like, this is all going to be just a field of ash in about three years. I, I, I was that guy. <laughs> um, and, and of all, like a lot of them have gone on to a lot of success in various, various, various different ways. Um, I, I got a tip. Like this is, he managed to catch lightning in a bottle the best. Yes. Yeah. You just listen to his, the, the applause that he gets when he comes up for his monologues. Yep. Yeah. He comes off the stage and he has to wait for a good 60 seconds before he can get a word in. Yeah. I, I, He's getting such thunderous applause. Yeah. I don't know when or how, but it's really clear that uh, Lorne considers him family at this point and, and really grew to appreciate him early on. Nobody gets this many invites to even just do a spot. You know, to even just do like a one sure. guest, go out there and dance behind Beyonce as, you know, the right. three guys dancing in single ladies. Nobody gets that call this many times unless Lauren really likes you. And there's a great moment with he and Lauren. I want to say it's his third time hosting. And the monologue, the crux of the monologue is that he knows his way around now. And so he does, he does, you know, the hallway tour right. and gives us the studio tour that we've seen so many times, but it culminates with a scene where he walks past Lauren and Lauren's drinking, you know, sitting in his chair, looking at the monitor with a glass of wine and Justin grabs a glass and pours himself a glass and sits down in the chair next to him and gets the nod from Lauren that it's okay to take a drink. And so they both take a drink together. <laughs> and then, um, he looks at Lauren Lauren looks at him. He looks back at Norm, Lauren, and says, it's Justin. <laughs> and just the way he says, it's Justin. And Lauren has that like, oh, oh, okay. You know, uh, it's so, it's just so perfect. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. No, I, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I must, like, I, I gotta, like, 
admit that I did not see this coming. I must admit that I, I count myself a fan. Um, I, you know, he's, he's done some, some, he's had some strange decisions career wise, but when it comes and, and you know, when it comes to SNL, he's, you know, he, he basically just throws perfection every time he steps in. Throws perfection every time he steps in. This is a high compliment because it's referencing a perfect game in baseball, which is a remarkably rare affair considering how many baseball games are played, you know? So there's that. Ryan McNeil, huh? Brings it. This guy brings it. If you want more from him, check out his website at matinee.ca or on Twitter at matinee underscore CA. So check that out. If you are as passionate about film as Ryan is, then you'll enjoy his biweekly podcast and notes on his site as well. So check it out is what I'm trying to say. Okay? Support the arts. You know what I mean? Okay. So that's pretty much what I've got for you this week. Join us next week on the show when we add another famous alum to the ballot as we get closer and closer to the beginning of voting. Now, if you would, do me a favor as you walk on out. Turn out the lights, because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. You can find everything you need to know about the show at snlhof.com. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcast. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next month in the hall. Podcasts and such.